You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 252. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this blogcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra intention to your everyday. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. Today's episode is brought to you by Aptive. Active is the on-demand audio fitness app that I love using when I want to work out, but I don't feel like going to a gym or actually having any kind of structure whatsoever when it comes to being somewhere at a certain place or a certain time. Yet I still want the guidance of a trainer or someone to push me in a new direction, a little bit out of my comfort zone or my traditional way of doing a workout. If you are looking for the same thing and you're looking to change it up, you're looking to try something fresh and you don't want to have the commitment of a gym membership or a trainer, this is an incredible thing that's basically just sitting there on your phone ready to use whenever you want to on a variety of different exercises. There's different levels of intensity, there's different durations, you name it. There's just pretty much something for everyone, no matter what skill level or interest you have. And the trainers and the playlists are awesome too. So please go give this a try if you have not already. I think the trending now feature is awesome if you're looking to find some of the most popular workouts that are going on on Aptiv. And I can give you a free 30-day trial of Aptiv if you go over to Aptiv.com. That's A-A-P-T-I-V.com. Click on the sign up button on your computer or on your mobile device and then enter the code The Lively Show. That's one word, The Lively Show. And then go download the app on your phone and you're ready to get started. I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. Now, for where I am, I'm here in Sydney, my happy, happy place right now, still looking into whether it's possible to relocate here in a more permanent direction in the future. And today's episode has been one that I've thought about doing at different points in time and it's finally flowed. It's finally come for me to actually do this one. So this is going to be all about an update on what it's like to live the law of attraction or be the Abrahamster, as you guys have known, I've been calling myself over this past many months. It's been 19 months, I just counted, since I started and learned originally about the law of attraction from Abraham Hicks. As I've said over the years, you guys have heard me talk about this a lot now, The law of attraction is most commonly known, at least in the States often, through people's first interaction with the documentary of the book called The Secret. Now, I did not love The Secret when I heard or read it, watched it. I resonated with the concept, but felt that it didn't really resonate with me. It seemed a little bit just on the surface level of shiny pennies. So I put it aside until I found Abraham. Thank you, Katie Dalebout of the Wellness Wonderland podcast for sharing that with me and a little offhand comment at lunch in April of 2016. Thanks to her recommendation or just kind of a question of whether I'd ever listened to Abraham before and then I found it on YouTube and started listening, I was hooked immediately. And the reason was because at that point in my life, I was happier than ever before. Things were in more alignment than ever before. And what I resonated with in terms of the material was that it was explaining why I was loving my life so much, why things were going so well. It kind of put a formula or at least a reasoning or a a way of doing it more deliberately into my own awareness. So I was hooked, 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 even though I will tell you that I spent the first 800 or so hours listening to Abraham through Esther Hicks 
going, this channeling thing seems weird. I wonder, I kept waiting for her to mess up. I was like, is she like a ventriloquist here? Is this something that Jerry's coming up with? And she's just parroting this. You know, the first 800 hours, I'm not kidding. I was super skeptical and waiting for a mess up, a mistake or something that could be proven that she was just pretending. And after 800 hours or so, my ego finally gave up. The left brain logic mind finally gave up trying to understand how she was able to do this, but actually had to go, okay, this non-physical entity thing named Abraham certainly seems smarter than any other human I'm aware of and is faster and so consistent that I just can't think of a human doing such a great job over so many decades and hundreds and hundreds of hours that I'd listened to. So my ego finally gave in to what is the Abraham content and that perspective. And then, like I said, even though I was always skeptical of initially the source of the information, the actual information itself, I, on my right brain was just lapping it up, soaking it in like a sponge. So as I started listening to it, hardcore from basically day one, I would listen, and especially after I started traveling alone, would listen to Abraham or other material along these lines for many hours a day, especially while traveling on planes, trains, and automobiles. I would often pop in the Law of Attraction audiobook or listen in my Airbnbs to hours and hours and hours and hours of YouTube. And it's obviously become such a thing in my life that I later couldn't hide it from you guys anymore. And in December of 2016, I did the episode, The Things I'm Afraid to Tell You, which we'll link to in this episode if you wanna go back and hear that one. That's where I kind of outed myself with all this weird stuff that I was applying because I felt like the questions I was getting from people, especially on Instagram and social media, like how are you traveling on your budget? How are you doing this in a way that seemed like people, I could tell, didn't really realize what my life actually looked like. And it looked so different than what they thought and I was afraid of not being relatable anymore because I wasn't doing it on a budget. I had incredible finances. I had incredible freedom, incredible time abundance in all these different ways that was not normal. And so out of outing myself in the Things I'm Afraid to Tell You episode, everybody was like, please tell me more. Please teach me how I can do this too. So that's what season four has become and you guys all know the rest if you've been listening for a while. But now I want to do almost a year later, I did that episode just coming on to January 2017. Now it's November, mid-November of 2017. So I want to kind of think about this as a way of giving you guys an update on what's going really well, the pros and the cons of what it's like to live this to such a degree now 19 months in and almost 12 months since that previous update I gave you back then. Some of this will probably be pretty clear from the show and some of it will be new information. I'm just going to be super real with you. The highs, the lows that come with this. Obviously, this is just to tell you where I'm at. And also, if you're interested in applying the law of attraction or you are doing that in your own life right now, whatever stage of it you may be on, this will hopefully either resonate with you if you're at a similar place like myself, or if you're just getting started or you're curious about what could be a result you may get, these thoughts and these tips and sharings that I'm gonna give with you hopefully will be something that inspire you as my friend Erica yesterday, as I was talking about 
whether or not to do this episode, I was telling her some of the things that had come up for me and my own hesitations in sharing this. And she said, Jess, those problems are problems I want to have. So she's like, please talk about this on the show. I'm sure other people want to hear what it's like at this level, because if they're going to get there one day too, they'll know what possibly to expect. I'm not trying to say this is what everyone's experience is going to be like if they do this as much as I have, but this is just my own personal situation, which we all know is completely unique and not very normal normal to be a single female floating around the world for 18 months. So that is not a normal lifestyle or situation many people have. So a lot of the stuff, especially on the con side of what I'm going to say, are specific to my situation and where my intuition has flowed me to. So this is just me being real with you guys and also sharing in case any of these pros and cons are something that you end up experiencing in your own life, you know you're not alone. So let's get started with the pros. Number one, is that things that used to make me envious way, way long ago, now don't do that at all. They make me inspired. So once I really, and this was like a a realization I was telling Erica about, and she was saying she even feels the same. She was saying, you know, I used to feel envious of people in her own thing for her, it's career. She used to feel envious of people that had careers that she felt looked really satisfying and inspiring. And now she feels very inspired by them. And I would say the same. I haven't felt quote unquote envy, even on the things like let's say relationship front that I haven't had in my life. I haven't felt envy in a super long time. This has now all been transformed to inspiration. Instead of tear someone down or tear myself down by feeling bad, like I'm envious, I'm jealous because I don't have it yet or feel like I'm not good enough, I don't feel that. I actually feel super inspired by everybody that has a career relationship or some kind of manifestation that I'm excited to have. So going on Instagram, for example, for some people, depending on their place in their life, can actually be really difficult. It can cause a lot of jealousy or envy, Facebook too. But for me, I don't have that. I have inspiration galore. I can worry it, watch it, see it. Someone's amazing body doesn't make me feel worse about my own. Let's say that. So that inspiration is a really great high vibe direction versus the feelings of envy. I think envy just comes from a lower vibration or from a place of not having quite as much alignment within yourself. When you're more aligned in your own stability, your own awareness, and your own path, other people's experiences and manifestations, you realize they created their own reality and you do the same. So you're no longer envious of them because you don't think they have something you don't have. You just are looking to manifest whatever it is that is right for you in your own life. So that's pretty nice. That's a good pro. Next up is financial abundance. This one is honestly one that I have so much flow around and so much appreciation for. This is probably my clearest area. It seems that body, relationship, and finance slash career, sometimes those are in the same category, sometimes they're different, tend to be the areas that people often struggle with the most. They fixate on one of those or a handful of those. For myself, my strongest one is financial abundance. That's the one that I have the best alignment with, the highest flow with, the most faith in, that's the one that comes the easiest for me. I just feel great about it. It feels awesome to actually have. And I'll also say that as I'm sharing this with you, to be honest, my ego is scared because there's such a weird stigma in our society to feeling that or saying, 
appreciating that or owning that, especially as a female in their 32, 33 now. Like, I don't know. That's kind of an unusual thing. I don't really hear someone like myself. I haven't heard a lot of people going, I feel great about my money, guys. But it's true. I feel so wonderful. I don't feel like I'm ever selling. I just ask people if their intuition tells them to join the class they join and sponsors find me and they ask to pay for the sponsorship. So it's this really beautiful flow that I have in this. And I think that's because of the alignedness, the state that I have is so clean and non-resistant. So that has been awesome. And it's just accelerated and expanded from 12 months ago to now. In addition, one of the things that had definitely seemed to open up for myself since traveling and especially since last December that has just continued to open up more and more is also not just financial abundance. This is something that I've think is going to come out a lot more in 2018 on the show, is time abundance. So yes, many people are aware of their financial feelings of well-being and wanting that. But I think a lot of people don't realize, and especially because a lot of what I could call hardworking manual efforting people that aren't using the law of attraction to get success or financial abundance often have a time scarcity. They always say, time is the most precious resource you have. You never get it back. Everybody has the same. You can't expand it. All of those thoughts, all of that energy around that is all super restrictive. So I actually have a huge feeling of time abundance as well. Now, of course, we've said I am in a really weird situation where I'm totally often alone, (laughs) floating around the world. So of course I don't have like commitments like most people do. I don't have time zones or family or friends. And actually sometimes those are some of the cons of what I'm going to share in the future. But I'll just say that time abundance is totally in my core and it's something that feels really good. I love having gotten off of the routine treadmill, though I used to find it very comforting and very wonderful. Now I went through a phase actually during this trip where routine was like itchy and claustrophobic. And I was actually phobic of routine. I was routine phobic. Now, as I'm looking forward to finding roots and settling, I love the time abundance I've created for myself. I love the open days of alignment that I have stretching out before me so much. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And yet it will also be a con and I'll explain how in a second. But with that comes not the desire for routine. Right now, my desire is familiarity. I love having familiar things in my life. So I don't like the commitment to have to be anywhere at a certain time or to get up at a certain time. I'd rather just live in the present moment. But in that present moment, often familiar things feel wonderful. They just don't happen based on a clock. They are based on a feeling of where I want to be. So that feels really good. So time abundance. And I think that that is something that's incredible. And also for people that are feeling financial limitation, sometimes, depending on your circumstances, your time abundance could actually be higher than your financial abundance. Some people are strapped for both and they're mindset creates that and then the reality supports it. But I will say, especially if you're financially lower in that abundance, especially let's say you're like a student going back to school or you are someone that is in college now, time abundance tends to be higher in often those cases, not all, but it's something to appreciate if you are feeling like one area, whether it's finance or time, is scarce. One of the other ones, finance or time, could be 
bigger, broader, more expansive. And if that's so, I would highly recommend you focusing on the one that feels more expansive and appreciating and milking that because often with that, you can then translate it to the abundance of the other area that feels a little tighter. So those two abundances are wonderful. Next up, magical and fun things tend to happen. Once you get good at this, you start to come up with fun things and you let the universe flow them to you. Free photo shoots in Sydney based on Canadian photographers you meet at a coffee shop. You get fun things like the exact flat that you want to be in is available for the exact days that you want it. Yet again, you get fun flights that happen to be way cheaper than others. Just stuff tends to happen that's really fun and seemingly magical. You feel like you have to take less effort and things just kind of show up, especially the things you don't have any resistance to. You're not putting too much emphasis or importance on them, so they just kind of show up. As long as you just feel good and have fun, things that feel good and have fun tend to happen more and more. So that feels awesome. And next up, kind of going with the time theme, I have lots and lots of time to align. So I have lots of time, my whole day basically at this point, is alignment days, day after day after day. So that means that mostly my schedule is very open and flexible to doing the things that feel best to me. Now, this is, again, 19 months into applying this. This is not where I maybe had started, but this is where I'm at now, and it feels great. And often what I find is the things that I love doing that align me tend to coordinate with things that I want to do in other aspects of my life, like here on the show, for instance. So as you guys follow, if you follow on Instagram stories, I'm always reading and studying. This year has been a really great way for me to align. And I think it's almost like a way, now I had this thought today, of my mind and my consciousness, my 5% of my consciousness that I'm thinking out of and we're thinking out of 99% of the time. It's a way for it to kind of meditate. So yes, I love meditation, but also I think that by busying that 5% for such a long period, it kind of rests into that area of thinking and learning and writing stuff down. And out of that, I've gotten to this point where my inner being or my intuition can slip through thoughts to me or ideas or inclinations of it's time to do something new now or a new next step. So that alignment time actually, I think is actually in its own way kind of meditative or maybe I'm getting into a flow state that then leads to other awesome things as well. So that feels really great. I know a lot of times in the beginning of people using law of attraction, they're trying to find the time to align. Well, after doing this for 19 months and as many hours a day as I have, the effects of that have now created a life that is basically all for the most part, centered on alignment itself. With that in mind, my next pro is that I know what gets me aligned. And I also can sometimes have inclinations of when something that gets me aligned is going to phase out. So I'm not looking at something to make me equally aligned every single day. It's a moment to moment experience. And also I've been sensing that this year, though I have loved, loved, loved the learning, reading and writing that I've done, all the highlighting of all the many books that I've read, I actually think that deep experience rather than knowledge is what is going to be my 2018 and going forward alignment. So what that will look like, I'm not exactly sure. I think it's gonna look like a lot lot of meditation, potentially hours of meditation a day, not just 20 minutes in the morning or 10 in the evening, that kind of thing, and possibly channeling, which I'll get to as well. So that knowledge of what gets me aligned, what makes me happy, the chocolates, the rose water that I put in my water, the alkaline water, all these like little things like foods and activities, massages, 
getting my nails done, whatever it might be, I'm very clear about a lot of things that get me aligned. And that's often when I work with Flow With Intention online members and we start talking about alignment. Sometimes when you're at stage one, you gotta figure out what makes you happy, what makes you feel that wonderful, wonderful feeling of those positive endorphins and oxytocin and dopamine running through those veins. So now that I've done this for so long, I have a very keen awareness of what gets me high up there in the vibrations and then also how to maintain, how to expand it with rampages of appreciation. And also now the awareness of when I think something's got a shelf life on it. And then it's like, oh, there's going to be something new. It's not yet, but it's going to happen. So kind of also in a way predicting a shift at times. Next up, one of the other things I've been loving in this year, in the last 12 months, and this is something that's newer and was not happening nearly as much if it wasn't even on my radar, I would say, for the most part, back when I did the Things I'm Afraid to Tell You episode, is visualization. So as I have learned and studied the subconscious and sources far beyond Abraham Hicks about the law of attraction, I have loved learning about the power of visualizing and actually amplifying and not instead of just reading all about this stuff, actually doing it. So visualizing and doing things from a visualization perspective rather than a manual perspective, rather than efforting at things, I'm focusing on visualizing. Now for an example of this, this was a thing that came to me as a offhand comment by a trainer in Spain when I was with a friend. Uh, she had a trainer that we worked out with one day at her apartment. And he said, you know, one day I'm not going to have a job. And I said, well, why is that? And he said, well, because people are going to start visualizing their bodies and they're not going to need to actually work out. And I was super intrigued by this comment coming from a personal trainer who obviously has devoted his whole interest and career based on helping people achieve physical fitness. For him to say, of course, I manifest this person, right? For him to say he thinks he's not going to have a job in the future, or maybe not in this lifetime, but in future lifetimes, this won't need to be a career because people will visualize their bodies. I was super intrigued. His comment led me to the master key system, which is what he was referencing. And I love that he suggested that. That has become one of my favorite books of 2017. And also then I messaged him on WhatsApp later and I said, hey, remember how you said that? Do you really think that's possible? So we talked it out and he said, yeah, you know, I think it is. I'm not trying to be super strong in terms of, I'm not trying to lift 200 pounds. So he's like, if you just want to have a healthy body, then visualize the healthy body. Cause I was like, do I have to visualize doing workouts in order to get this? Or do we think that I just visualize the shape of the body, the muscle tone of the body and just focus on that alone. And he said, no, I think because you're not trying to be a professional weightlifter, and if I was, then I would want to be able to perform to that 250 pound weight, then I wanna visualize myself lifting strong weights like that. So because I don't actually care about a athletic performance increasing for a specific real event, you know, if you are looking to become a stronger swimmer <laughs> because you actually want to swim faster, then visualizing swimming faster will be important. But if you're not trying to be a stronger swimmer, you just want to have a beautifully healthy body that matches your visualization. He didn't think that visualizing the exercise itself was as important as just visualizing the state of the muscle tone, the flexibility, the strength that you want to have naturally. So that's what I've been doing. And it's been amazing to watch the results. I can tell you when I do these visualizations at night, I do like consistently, not just sporadically. If I take a week or two off, it's kind of like actually taking a week or two of actual physical exercise off. But when I do it consistently, just like doing consistent maintenance workouts, 
I noticed the difference in my body. And in fact, I even just from going away from Sydney and then coming back, someone I'm around very frequently here was like, wow, I can totally notice a difference and was really surprised that it works. So it's been amazing to see that work for myself. And actually, I want to create a DIY visualization project or product for you guys so you guys can make your own guided nighttime visualizations where you can describe and think about things like perhaps you want to do the body thing or perhaps you want to do something else. Now, of course, I'm not shooing all exercise away. I just only want to exercise when it feels as fun as if it was drinking iced tea and reading a book or when it's as fun as going to the movies. So I love long walks. I love hiking. Sometimes I even love running, but I don't want to do it now for the manual maintenance of my body. I want my body to be visualized and stay at its peak potential through visualization. And then the fun stuff comes up to do things for fun instead of for maintenance. So that's the big shift there. It's not saying I hate exercise or something. I just now hate the concept or the idea of me having to do it because I quote unquote have to, to be healthy. I want my body to be programmed to fitness and health through the visualization and the basically commanding of what the body should be and look like based on that rather than the efforting. So Moving on, this is something I notice a lot of people as they get into maybe the first few stages or first several months of this law of attraction lifestyle, they tell me or often sometimes in a little bit of a complaining mode say that they have a hard time finding like-minded people. So their frequency and awareness is at the level that there aren't a lot of people that think like this. So they come to me and ask about how do I do that? Well, I'll say that 19 months in being this steeped in it, I attract like-minded people from Uber drivers to friends to people I'm sitting next to at a coffee shop or a restaurant, people I go on dates with, you name it. I am attracting people that want to have these conversations all the time. They're all over. They're surrounded. I'm now surrounded by them. I feel like I have a little corral of unicorn people in my life that live this way in different facets and different variations and with different strengths, but all with this like-mindedness to this way of living and have a lot of times the same types of freedom of time and financial flexibility and abundance as well. So attracting like-minded people, it's not just because I go to conferences, but of course, those are obviously places you attract like-minded people that are interested in the same subject, but it can be someone sitting next to me at a lounge like the Freehand LA. I had three or four conversations with people in that hotel lobby at different points that were, some of them were part of Summit. So that's, you know, not that surprising that they were into it, but also just random people were there that I was sitting next to. And we'd have these incredible conversations that would really hit home for them. So because I'm so steeped in it, it's law of attraction that I'm I'm going to find the people that are also interested and want to hear about it. And on that note, in terms of people that aren't at the same frequency, toxic people seem to have fallen away naturally. Now, of course, I'm traveling, so a lot of times the universe has flowed me away from people, but I wasn't even that aware of toxic people, if you will, even when I was back in Ann Arbor. So I would say that I never really had a frequency. I wasn't having a focus or an awareness of toxic people. That's actually a thing I get questions about, but it's never something I've ever labeled a person really in my life. So I think because I haven't ever had a frequency or a vibration around that, that I've resisted, I don't ever think I've had too much of that. I just think I allow the flow of people in and out of my life and I don't resist or hold on. And I think also because I genuinely try to come from a pretty high vibe place with everybody most of the time, like 
that's kind of what I get reflected back at me, even from people that are longtime friends or family members that don't have any interest in these subjects. The ones that are really not a fit tend to not be in my life that much. And the ones that are tend to be in my life. One of the other things I will say is I don't try to force people that aren't super into where I'm at to be in my life a ton either. I'm not trying to force a shoe that doesn't fit. So I will check in with people sometimes once or twice a year that are good friends that I remember having from years ago, but I don't feel the urge to have to be their best friend and talk about every single thing every day or talk about these subjects with them. I have plenty of other unicorn friends to go talk about this stuff with. So when I talk to those other friends, I talk to them about things we have in common together. Next up, alignment before action works. My goodness, if I push the limits of this to a degree because I refuse to, well, I would say refuse, but I really, 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 really resist taking actions that are not in alignment. And sometimes that looks to my ego, irrational mind, crazy. Like, of course you should answer your emails every three weeks. <laughs> No, I haven't done that in three weeks or four weeks. If I don't have alignment for it, I don't do it. And then I'm always kind of, the ego will be like, well, you can't really have gone this far, this long. Now, granted, we have VK in our inbox. It's not like no one's looking at the emails, but the emails I have to answer, like even with sponsors and stuff, I still, I refuse to go in there and do things out of alignment. And when I finally go in, sometimes my ego's like, all right, let's see what's gonna happen. But I'll tell you, it works, it works, it works. Alignment before action, being so tied to that. And even with the show, sometimes that'll create a level of stress for my ego as it's telling me, Jess, you need to get this out sooner or faster for people on your team, for example. Thank you, Joe. I love you so much. I, I just know that the alignment I'm going to have for you when that alignment's there is going to just be so much better. And I try to give myself compassion when I'm not in like level 12 unicorn alignment to also share. But I try to wait for the muse. I try to wait for the inner being. I try to wait for it to be right rather than push it when it feels wrong, if that makes sense. And out of that, I've continued to see time and again, the results of that versus acting out of the fear of it not being true works. Next up, generally, I feel tons of amazing emotions most of the time. So this is not all the time. I'm not always in great alignment, and I'll talk about that in the cons, but I will say the feelings of good feelings, of excitement, of the urge to dance in the bathroom when I'm alone at a coffee shop bathroom tends to be this like ingrained Pavlov's dog state that I get in so frequently now. And it feels wonderful, especially when I do a rampage of appreciation after doing some reading. It's just amazing. It's like, get out of the way. I am tap dancing on the rooftops. It feels so wonderful. And it's interesting to say this because I remember one of our members in Flow With Intention. She's a wife and a mother, an entrepreneur, busy woman. Many people in this audience can relate to her. And I remember her saying in one of our early coaching calls this round, she said, Jess, you know, before doing this work in Flow With Intention, she said, I always kind of assumed I was a happy person. And then she said, I got into the level of alignment you're teaching and helping us get into. And she goes, whatever she was experiencing when she labeled herself as a pretty happy person overall was so qualitatively different from the feeling that she had, that she had to question. It kind of rocked her whole identity as a quote unquote happy, generally speaking person to actually feel those emotions. And I think that that is something I've even heard Abraham talk a lot about is when people say, oh, this disease came out of nowhere. I don't know where it came from. Well, Abraham says, you know, 
you might not even be that aware of what your emotions truly are. And not that you're not aware of the labels you're putting on your emotions. You may not understand the vibration of your body and what it is physically feeling that is the neural peptides activating the body. So you can label whatever your thoughts are with an emotion, and you might even have some level of tying into what the physical feeling is, but oftentimes we are not even aware until we get into a really incredible consistent state of alignment what that feeling really feels like. What that feeling, you might even be able to tell in my voice, I feel pretty good. I'm not at the highest of highs, but I'm at a really good place. And this feeling is qualitatively different than most of the feelings I was having most of the time in my life, my past lives of the many several years. So that feeling and knowing what that's like and being able to milk it and feel that more often and feel that freedom and joy and love that comes from that state just feels incredible. Next up, the idea of playing with possibility. So as I learned and learned and learned and absorbed all of this information, I started to want to apply it, not out of a place of pain. So most people come to this personal development work through pain and suffering. They can't deal with their ego any longer. They can't handle this diagnosis. There's no cure. They can't you know, handle this cancer. So they get all these terrible things that happen to them and they go, there has to be another way and they start looking for another option. Well, that is completely valid and there's so many teachers out there and resources for those people, I believe. I believe my message, I believe my work, I believe that especially my future with this work is to help people realize it's not just from suffering. You do not have to go through suffering to get here. Yes, does suffering happen and do we experience difficult emotion? Absolutely. Do I want to help you get out of it? Absolutely. But do I want to focus on it? Not at all. So what I've been doing is looking at how to apply all these amazing quantum healing concepts and all these quantum mechanics and all this stuff to things that feel fun, that are not dire circumstances. So you guys have heard me talk about playing with the idea of healing my eyesight naturally. And also you just heard me talk about the body visualizations. Well, that is playing with the possibility. Is it possible? Let me find out. So with all of this fun, freedom, and abundance of time and all these other things, I've been playing with possibilities in these areas that are not dire, they're not life-threatening, but there's something that would improve the quality of my life. And if it's possible for cancer to be remitted, can it be possible for my eyesight to be returned back to its normal state? So that possibility and playfulness is something that I've done through this last year as well. And then two more things, last two pros of this. As you can see, actually, there's a lot of pros. <laughs> and really funny, as I just said that, by the way, we just hit the 3333 three, three, three mark, which is alignment. If you guys know, I like seeing alignment in numbers. I don't assign it any real meaning other than I'm on the right path. So any numbers I see just feel good when I see them repeated. Because I'm like, oh, that's this is a good sign. I'm in the river. I'm in the flow. But either way. Okay, so the last two are, number one, love and connection matter the most. Now, of course, this is not surprising if you think about me. I am floating around the world out of my suitcase for 18 months, and I have the freedom and time abundance. I have all of these other abundances. So the thing for me that I look forward to and value the most is love and connection with people. That's what matters to me the most because the rest of it's so there in plethora. And like once those things are there, you don't keep chasing them because they are there. So you want want to actually just have fun, you want to play, you want to love, and you want to connect with other people. So that's what matters most to me. And then last but not least, the other thing is channeling equals everything to me. 
as you guys heard, I said I spent 800 hours being skeptical of Abraham, let alone then a year later to find out I may be doing a similar thing called channeling, which I'm still unpacking myself. But I have just found so many other sources of channeled work, whether it's something like Bashar, which Aaron Doty, who's been on the show, introduced me to and a few other friends had mentioned, or Abraham, or I haven't even looked into Seth or Cryon, and there's some other guides out there I've heard that are channeled sources of information. But even just finding channeling through someone like Gary Zukov, who wrote Seed of the Soul and The Dancing Wheelu Masters. I haven't read the Wheelu Masters book, but I did read Seed of the Soul, and I do believe he's channeled that work. So finding works that were channeled, whether it's from something called Abraham or some entity that's other than the person, or if it's just that person channeling their own inner being, that to me is everything. If it's someone that's playing music and they're channeling their inner being to play that music, if they are opening their connection to their source, to their larger self, they're not just playing or dabbling in the world from their 5% consciousness, but they're actually creating this new live vibrant thing through art, music, entertainment, or channeling or writing or speaking, whatever it is, whenever someone is connected to that deeper source within themselves and they're creating something truly magical with that blendedness between their inner being, their intuition, and their consciousness, that to me is everything. And that's the information. That's the type of content in all ways. Even if it's a chef, it's like, that's the chef I want to go to. So I've been drawn and more and more becoming aware of when something I believe has that special essence to it that is channeled or connected to that flow state for someone. That is where I want to be. Someone just doing a talk or a TED talk or doing research and then regurgitating the 5% of themselves or within their 5%. That's so not that interesting to me. And I think that's part of why I am having a little bit of resistance with the show is like, I want to bring you guys more channeled work. I want to bring you guys more of that. I want my 5% out of this more and more and more. So I'm figuring out and navigating what that looks like for the show. But that is something that I see shifting in my own content consumption and something I want to bring to you guys because I just find the channeled content in all ways, that vibration, that quality, that depth, that clarity of anything that's channeled or in that flow state from someone is just so magical. And to me, really the magic of being on this plane of earth at this moment in time. Okay, so those are all the pros. Obviously, there's many, but there also are cons too. Now, here are the cons, and I'm just going to be real with you, and I'm not going to try to dwell on them too much because, as we know, law of attraction, we don't want to sit here and dwell on things that aren't great, but I want to share them, especially in case this is useful for someone that is going through some of these stages as well. Now, when it comes to being out of alignment, do I ever get there? Absolutely. And sometimes it takes a whole day for me to get back into it. So the high days are really good. And it's not that the low days are really low, but in contrast to feeling so great, they can feel so low. But in contrast to my old life, I would not have noticed the difference as deeply. But when I'm out of alignment, because I'm so attached to alignment before action, those days where I'm out, I'm out and I'm really not doing much. I am taking a nap, I am tapping, I am doing whatever I can, theta or just doing literally just writing to my intuition, whatever I can do, but I will take the time, how many hours it takes to get back into that alignment. And some days it happens and I rally through the day, or some days it doesn't. And in those days it doesn't, nothing really gets done. And that's the truth. So that's number one. Number two is that 
while I have so much strength and so much flow and alignment in certain areas like time, abundance of finances, and many, many other littler things like the body stuff too, for the most part, I still have like one or two things that will get me out of alignment. So over the traveling, of course, my skin issues and acne that flared up while that was bad would get me out of alignment asking about where next, like when am I going to be done traveling or partner, those kind of things have come up. So those aspects that were difficult have continued to still sometimes stay tricky. So the vibration basically hasn't changed necessarily in a huge quantum way in some of those areas. Now, skin has gone better, so that's out of the way. But other things like where to next finally released as I um, recently decided or figured out that I think it's going to be Sydney. So those types of things will still get us out of alignment. And the fact is we are always growing. So it's not about us always having total alignment in all things. Like we are always expanding and unfolding in this universe. So it's not about us actually being complete. It's about us not being upset that it's not done yet. And sometimes I still will get upset that it's not done yet. So that's something that still happens, but just in more specific areas typically than a variety of areas. Most stuff gets really, really good, but then like one or two things can still hold you up or at least can hold me up. In addition, you're still growing, like I just said, so you are hyper aware of the out of alignmentness. There's no pushing this off on your neighbor, pushing it off on the weather, pushing it off on the news, pushing it off on TV or privilege or any of that stuff. You know, you create your own reality. So you're hyper aware of that when you're not in alignment, you've created that not in alignmentness. So that hyper awareness sometimes can a little bit turn into judgment, but even still with that said, I've also gotten way better, heaps better to use an Australian term, at compassion. So even though I can be hyper aware of it at the same time, if it's not a really deep out of alignmentness that will take a whole day, sometimes just the compassion around it can be enough to let it go a little quicker. Next up, people assume a lot about your situation. So for example, if people ask me about my situation, let's say in the Uber ride, for example, some people are like soaking it up and they wanna know everything about it and how they can do it themselves. And other people, even if you kind of tap into it a little bit and try to share it so that you hope that it might uplift someone, they reject it and say that you're just lucky or they reject their own ability to do the same themselves. They have tons of reasons why it won't work for them and why it does work for you. And that can kind of suck because your ego can kind of get involved and go, you know what, I'm not that different from you. You might sit here and you might claim all these things, but you create your own reality. And to say that I am doing things that you could not is not helping you. I want to help you. I want you to have this joy too. But when they have these stories that validate their lack of it, they're going to get the lack of it because that's law of attraction, right? If they don't think they can, they won't. But so they're going to be right. And you can't change that about them. You see it in it and you can't change it. And that's just really about letting yourself have compassion because what happens in that moment is your own ego is getting attached to the situation. So sometimes it gets annoying because you want to help others to do this themselves and they'll come up with reasons why they can't or why you're an exception to a rule rather than a possibility for themselves too. So that can be sometimes a little bit of a con about it because you just kind of feel like, oh, I'd love to help you. I'd love to share this. I'd love to, but if they're not in the frequency of it, they're not in the frequency of it and nothing can really be done. So that case is just about getting your own ego out of the situation and just calm it down. <laughs> so now we have the last two issues for cons. It can feel hard to be understood by people. This actually reminds me of the movie Why Him? 
If you guys have seen that movie with James Franco, it's kind of like the modern day meet the parents. And the concept is that this family from Michigan has this 22-year-old daughter that's dating this 31, 32-year-old internet billionaire guy, multimillionaire that's James Franco. And he lives in California and he's like super Silicon Valley type guy. And I really resonated when I watched this movie with James Franco's character being like a lot of my friends that were really successful online entrepreneurs. So I remember when I saw it in the theaters with my family at Christmas last year, I watched James Franco as someone who knew people like him. And then when I recently rewatched it, like a few weeks ago, I realized I now personally relate to James Franco. Now, obviously I'm not an internet multimillionaire or anything like that, but what I recognize about him is in his life right now, he's manifested pretty much everything he wants. He has all the money, all the freedom of time. He has all this stuff that's going really well. Yes, his company is like a little bit on the shaky side with things as you learn throughout the movie, but even that he's not super worried about. He's like, yeah, that's a concern, but it's not ruining his life by any means. Let's just say that. But he loves this girl and he wants to love and connect with her and her family so deeply. He's doing everything in his power because he has all of this freedom and flexibility in his life that's so far beyond the other people in the film that they can't relate to him and they just think he's crazy. And yes, while he is obviously over the top and this is a comedy, so this is supposed to be the way it is, I also just deeply resonate with him with having all of this freedom, flexibility, and abundance. All you want to do is just love and be with people and connect with them. But if they don't have the same circumstances and financial or time abundance, they can look at you like you are a crazy person. Like, why would you build a bowling alley for this guy that you hope to be your father-in-law one day? Well, if you're just trying to connect, you have all the money and resources in the world, that's coming from the heart. It may, you know, it's very well-intentioned. And then the other people will reject it. And it's like, well, they don't realize that to him, it's no big deal. Like they look at it as this huge deal, but that's just because to them, it's so out of their own scope of possibility. But to him, everything is possible. So that disconnect of, in terms of being understood by other people or being able to relate when you have so much time abundance and other people are feeling the scarcity of time, that can be hard to connect with because they have a hard time understanding how much you want to hang out with them or they don't have the circumstances at that moment that allow it. So that's something I resonate with a lot. And now that movie has an extra special place in my heart. And then last but not least, it can sometimes be hard to share what's going on because this is like hashtag not first world problems. This is like first class problems, right? These are things that are things that come up that can be hard for people, like when you're out of alignment all day. But it's so hard because if you share it to someone who's out of the frequency of where you're at, they might totally disregard the fact that you're feeling crappy and you are feeling bad for whatever it is. And you even realize that the circumstances causing the crappy emotion is not a dire circumstance. You're not in concentration camp, but you And the person in, for example, this extreme example I just pulled of a concentration camp could be feeling the same exact neural chemicals from completely different triggers. So the triggers, and I'm not saying that anyone that's dealing with these issues feels like someone in such an extreme case, but let's look at something different. Let's look at maybe you're a single mom with two jobs and that person with that set of circumstances could even feel the same as someone that has a lot of abundance in time or in finances 
emotionally speaking, just from completely different triggers. And what's interesting is often people look from their egos at circumstances to qualify emotion instead of recognize that emotion is based on emotion. And if someone, for example, is depressed, no matter how much that they have in their lives financially or from love or whatever, if their emotion, if their neurochemicals that are going off from their hypothalamus in their body are not aligned, it doesn't matter what the trigger is. That feeling can feel terrible. So sharing what's going on, if you, for example, feel kind of lost and you don't know how to fill your time because you have so much of it, so many people can't relate to that. And so they feel scared to share what's going on. And this is something that I've actually seen with members of our class, not that they're scared, they ask in class, what can I do with all this time on my hands? But that question, I think they often, I'm guessing, are being really selective with who they ask that to because some people that are so out of that frequency can't even relate and that of jealousy or envy or spite or that lack of feeling like they create their own reality because they would never have quote unquote created the reality that they're in right now. Because of that, they'll reject per that person's plea for help or compassion in that moment. And so sometimes it can feel hard to share what's really going on that might be tricky because someone will look at the outside and say, what do you have to complain about? You have it so well. So those are the cons and the pros. As you can tell, there's far more pros than cons, but that is what I have experienced 19 months into this. Obviously, you can tell I'm deeply, deeply appreciative. And most of all, while it's wonderful that the circumstances have changed, it's wonderful that my time and abundance and finances have changed. What I love the most is how open, flexible, and loving I have become as a result of all of this. The other stuff is superfluous compared to the personal change of emotion and countenance that I have, and that is what I love the most. It was interesting, the other day I was talking about personal development with someone and I was thinking about the future of what that personal growth for me looks like. And more and more and more, it's about letting go, go, go of the 5% or the ego, whatever you want to call it, but not from this place of hating and judging the ego and trying to eradicate or eliminate, but just by opening into the heart, by opening into this joy, this playfulness and flexibility and compassion and non-judgment. Those qualities are what I love and appreciate the most and what I actually think as a result, have also been huge catalysts. These emotional state changes have been the catalyst for those other circumstances to shift as well. So it's not because the circumstances shifted that I opened my heart, it's that I opened my heart that I became this happy, lighthearted being that I am much more now than I've ever been before, that the rest of it has aligned to match. So there you have it. And if you want to find me on Instagram, Snapchat, or Twitter, you can find me at Jesse as in channeling lively. And for show notes for today's episode, head over to JessLively.com slash law of attraction update. And I hope this helps you. I hope that this is something that you resonate with or inspires you in some way. Or if you're on the journey, if you are connecting to some of these stages that I've talked about, hopefully you feel a little bit less alone or you feel more connected as well. As far as where I'm headed to next, I am staying in Sydney for now. And until next week, may something wonderful happen to you today.